0: No matter what stage of business you're in today, whether you just opened your doors or have had a string of clients for years, today's a day you can concentrate on building your credibility even more, getting more visible with your target audience. In this episode, I'm spilling the beans on how to showcase your expertise for brand positioning, and I have a great free checklist resource for you that gives you the do's and don'ts for each of the 10 steps I'll be teaching. Tune in, you don't want to miss it. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every episode, I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hey everyone, great you can join me. Today we're talking all about positioning yourself for success that's going to help you get visible, showcase what you do and how you help people and attract your most ideal clients to you. Successful brand positioning is all about your credibility as an expert and sharing something of yourself too. In the digital marketplace both are key to a growing business. Businesses tend to stay afloat when they gain years of experience and build their credibility with their audience. When people buy or hire, they don't always go for the cheapest. Customers are pretty discerning. They want value for money and a brand they can trust. Think about the last time you hired a contractor, either for your business or to do with something around your home, even. Did you look for the lowest price or did you look for someone with experience? Did you check the contractor's references or just take his word at face value? You likely have heard the old adage you get what you pay for and usually when you hire someone simply based on the lowest price you'll get someone who's not as experienced as the higher priced contractor. Lack of experience can lead to mistakes and sometimes they're costly and let's face it not everybody is as honest as you and so if you're not checking references you might get scammed. And I know you know this folks so what's the lesson here? Successful business owners learn from their own mistakes adjust the way they do business when something doesn't work and they're willing to share their knowledge with their clients prior to being hired. Fans will flock to businesses with a good track record and good customer reviews. Now let's put you into this equation for showcasing your expertise. Brand positioning for consultants starts with leveraging you and that means leveraging your expertise and communicating your value. Education-based marketing is really powerful and it's a theme that goes right the way through my book, Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age. You should always charge what you're worth because if you undercut your competition, that will bring in the tire kickers who aren't serious customers and may still ask you for a discount. This is not the audience base you want, nor will it help your reputation as a top-tier provider. It's not the premise by which you want to grow your business. You should also showcase your expertise online and offline. Never be afraid to market yourself because you think you can't control the search engine rankings and you don't want to depend on hope marketing. That's a very passive way to run your business, hoping that people will find you. Be visible online and offline. Be vocal. Tell people what you do. Share your experiences. Offer advice. I hid my light under a bushel for so many years that I really regret it. And even now, um, you know, I'm building up a digital presence even though i've actually got a really good uh, research results when someone looks up looks me up i'm still constantly adding to that and making sure that i'm remaining current it's going to build your credibility you're going to gain more visibility it's a snowball effect you keep gaining new followers generating new leads connecting and building relationships with potential new clients and i have a great resource for you with all 10 steps I've done it as a checklist of what to do and what not to do, the do's and don'ts to showcase your expertise for brand positioning. Go to jallison.com and under the Academy menu, you'll find a bunch of cool free stuff that you can opt in to get. And also, the link will be in the show notes. No matter what stage of business you're in today, whether you just opened your doors or have a string of clients for years, today is a day to concentrate on building your credibility and sharing your expertise with the world. In an increasingly digital and competitive marketplace, this is no time to be a wallflower, especially if you have big dreams of growing your team, hitting a certain income milestone, selling a certain number of products or services or courses, or booking a guest appearance on a key show. You want to be super proud of your success and feel comfortable and confident to share it with your audience. And that's what my 10 steps checklist guide will help you do. In this episode, I'm going to talk through each step so that you can understand why each builds on the next to help you showcase your expertise, build your credibility, get visible and become slightly famous. Don't forget there's a link to my blog article so you can read this as an article too. The link is in the show notes for this episode at jallison.com forward slash podcast. Right, let's dive in. Step one is to identify your zone of genius. Be specific. Specificity builds credibility. Don't be a jack-of-all-trades who offers vague, generic solutions. Don't spread your time and experience too thin. Do specialize in a certain field with customized programs and proven results. Do identify your target market and core value proposition. Do home in on work you actually enjoy and are really good at. How do you want to be perceived as a jack of all trades who helps everyone under the sun and offers generic one size fits all solutions or as a specialist who has experience in a certain field with customised advice and proven results? You should want the latter. While it's tempting to want to help everyone and you may think this is the best way to reach your income goals and not miss out on working with people, But being a Jill of all trades or a Jack of all trades will not build your credibility and will spread your time and experience too thin. It's virtually impossible to know everything about everything and doing hours and hours of research on multiple topics isn't cost effective. Just accepting clients to fill your calendar is a disservice to your clients and to yourself. It's stressful. However when you're a specialist in your chosen field your credibility increases and you can identify your target market and joint venture partners much more easily. As a specialist you already have years of work experience, you enjoy the field so you'll want to stay up to date on the latest news and technology. You may even publish a book or produce a signature program thereby increasing your revenue, your reach and your name recognition. Based on your extensive experience, you may also hear from media contacts for interviews or quotes for a news story. Media exposure needs to even bigger reach, name recognition and possibly more revenue than you had before. Yes, it's much better to be known as a specialist. That doesn't mean you have to be like all over the press or on talk shows and radio shows. I'm not talking about this. I actually do very little active marketing these days, but my presence means that business kind of is attracted into what we do. Think of it this way. Albert Einstein was an undisputed genius in physics and maths based on the fact that he was constantly questioning and doing research. If anybody had a question about physics, no doubt they would be told to go ask Albert. He was the go-to person of his time. Now, obviously, physics, maths, they're really, really broad areas. But at the time, there really were only a few specialists in those areas. Could Einstein answer questions about music, writing or other sciences? Possibly. But his passion was for physics. It's what brought him to life every day. And it's what possessed him to continue doing research in his spare time after college. It's what earned him the Nobel Prize in 1921. His speciality within the field of physics is what earned him a place in history to this day. You've probably heard before that you should aim to be a specialist to narrow your niche. But how do you choose your speciality or niche? Well, here's a simple exercise for you. Start off by asking yourself a few questions about your passions and your education. What type of work or tasks you like and dislike? What topic could you talk about all day long and get excited about? Also acknowledge the work that you're currently doing and whether you enjoy it or if you need a change. Think about the things that come easily to you that are difficult for others. This is your zone of genius. And then identify what you can do to lean into that more. Now for step two, challenge your own assumptions. Be brave, think outside the box. Stop with negative self-talk and assumptions about what people want or will buy. Stop doubting your expertise and overthinking everything. Do follow through on ideas that fit with changing market needs. Do see competition as a healthy validation of market demand. Do put your personality into the equation and be yourself. Let's unpack those. Negative self-talk and making assumptions about what people will do or buy can be the downfall of any business owner, especially listening to naysayers who tell you what isn't going to work like they would know, always make sure that whatever advice you take is coming from a place of experience or evidence. How many times have you had an idea for a signature product but never followed through with it, only to see a similar product launch a few months later? How often do business owners think inside the box, not acknowledging changes in their market or changes in buying patterns, only to be outsmarted with a competitor's latest innovation? How many times have you talked yourself out of creating a product or a class simply because you think everybody knows this information already? On a smaller scale, how many webinars have you cancelled because you couldn't think of how to put an original spin on your chosen topic? Could it be that you're overthinking these things? Competition is healthy. It means there's a need for your service or product and your area of expertise is in demand. And there's an audience who's willing to pay for that service or product. Have you ever looked at the number of cosmetic stores in the, in the shopping centers? Inside those stores, there's hundreds of products from multiple manufacturers, all promising to do the same thing. There are slight differences between these brands, whether it's the ingredients, the durability, the company's image, or the way they advertise to their market, but they basically sell the same type of products, all right? Now think of your niche and your target market. Remember, competition's okay. Are your competitors local? What do they offer? What markets do they serve? What can you offer that they don't? What makes you different? How does your experience differ from theirs? Do they have better name recognition than you? What's your niche and what does your target market need from you? What problems does your market have? How can you connect with your target audience? what makes you similar to them? In the end, your clients will seek you out for your personality as well as what you know. They'll learn to know, like and trust you, but you need to learn how to speak to them authentically so they'll turn towards you instead of a competitor. We often talk about creating yourself as a colourful character. It's something I learned from Russell Brunson many, many years ago. And really, it's just about that willingness to be a real person, to stand up for who you are, not just what you know. Do a quick assessment. Compare your business with one or two competitors' businesses. Could you differentiate by focusing on working with a particular segment of the market or a particular product or service you offer? What can help highlight you as unique compared to others in what you help your clients with or how you help them, your methodology, your steps? Why do you think people should buy from you and not your competition? Go on, big yourself up, be proud, let your ego soar for a moment. How will you connect with your target market? Perhaps that's something that makes you distinctive as well, the platform that you use. Let's go for step three, create your brand story. Be unique, help people know, like and trust you. So this follows on really from step two don't think that your life experiences aren't relevant or interesting. Don't try to be someone you're not or fake it till you make it. Do be authentic, honest and approachable. Do draw up a profile of your ideal client, also known as customer persona or avatar. Do you have a story that lends credibility to your brand? What makes you unique and will attract your ideal clients to you? For example, what made you leave your job to work for yourself? What kinds of career changes have led to the work that you do now? How did you make the move to work completely online if you do? Maybe you had a big life event that made you work in a different way that people would resonate with. Do you have a passion or charity that your business supports? Why did you choose that one? Your life experiences or your story often play into the development of your personal brand and your personal brand for consultants and coaches and other expert practitioners. It's so much more than your logo and the colours on your website. Personal branding is about the image that you put out into the world, how others see you. In turn, your website, photos and the language in your blog posts should all reflect and align with your personal brand, your style. When you meet followers at an event or when they see you in a Facebook Live video, their perception should be consistent and accurately reflect the image they perceive from your online presence. People are drawn to those who are authentic, honest and approachable. If you've never thought about your ideal clients or customers in your target market before, now is the time to get real about it, to think about their attributes and create an avatar. That's a detailed description, including their demographic struggles and what their life's like on a daily basis. If you're working B2B, this is a little bit more tricky because really you've got several layers, but the people that, even the decision makers at the top, they're still people, they're still personalities, and we still like to do business with people that we know and like. Get as detailed as possible. Give your avatar a name. Yes, really. For my consulting business, mine's called Jerry. For the Academy, it's Jane. Describe their job, family, and living situation, including their age, interests, personality, list their struggles and what answers they're searching for. Before you dismiss this as a creative writing assignment, think of it this way. Creating an avatar is giving life to your ideal customer. You want to attract people who are like-minded, who resonate with you, who you'll enjoy working with. Those are the folks who'll identify with your story, share your values, want your unique approach and engage with you. When you draw this detailed picture, you know exactly who you're speaking to. You know where you can find them online and in real life. You'll stay focused on this ideal client, even if you're tempted to target another audience. This is the audience you're most able to assist and who needs your help the most. As you complete this assignment, you'll find that based on your own demographics and experience, you are part of your own target market. In fact, that may be where your business idea stems from, which is great. It means that you have a personal stake in finding solutions for these people. You'll be able to identify with their struggles easier than someone who has different experiences. Next, start to create your brand story. Why did you start your business? What led you to the business idea? What steered you to do the work that you do? Maybe a certain event triggered this. Was there a particular person or group of people involved? What's intriguing or interesting about why you do what you do? Do you get the idea? A business colleague of mine, Lisa Bloom, is the expert in using stories in business. I've been helping her with her program, Selling Through Story, that's running right now. And I've learned that it's crazy powerful. I mean crazy powerful. How stories change the whole dynamic of a conversation and they really engage an audience. Let's move to step four. Update your media bio. Be credible. Create a professional bio. Don't just write a CV and list out your qualifications. Do share your accomplishments and glory moments. Do put your most recent accomplishments at the top. Do publish your bio online to help people find you. Your professional bio is more than just a listing where you live and where you went to school, what your qualifications are. Your bio is a surefire way to build your credibility and authority in the short amount of time people read or scan it. Start by listing your most recent accomplishments. Did you make the New York Times bestseller list? Are you an Amazon bestseller? Were you featured in a magazine or newspaper article? Were you a keynote speaker at a live event? Did you become an international speaker? Were you inducted into the ClickFunnels 2 Comma Club? Did you compete in a triathlon? Run your first marathon? Maybe you formed a foundation to help your local community or set up a daycare center for a special need as we did for my daughter. These are just some examples of worthwhile achievements people wanna know about. These stories from your life outside of business directly really add character to you as a person. It's all part of brand positioning and what makes you memorable and uniquely different. If you graduated college 10 plus years ago, that achievement should make its way towards the bottom of the list even if you're still proud to be an alumni. People want to know what you're doing now, or most recently, not where you were more than 10 years ago. Do you have a title? Whether it's a doctor in front of your name like me or a series of impressive letters after your name. Use that title in professional circles. It's not bragging. It's building your credibility and authority and proving to others that you meet, that you're educated, that you know what you're talking about and it just raises you above everyone else who doesn't have that. It's not that you need it, it's just find these things that differentiate you. So you might ask, why do you need a professional bio? You're looking to grow your business and your credibility, right? So publishing a bio to your website tells masses of people all about you and why you're an expert. Bios are also printed in event programs if you're a speaker, and parts of it will be read by the interviewer when you're going to give an interview, whether that's in person or in a podcast. Articles that you write and publish on other sites, they're likely to include an author's bio. Professional bios that are published online also assist the media and anyone who may be searching for experts in your field. After doing a quick Google search and seeing your bio, they'll know that you're the expert who can answer their questions or who can speak to their group. In short, people want to learn more about you and your experience. They need to know that you're someone that is eloquent and is able to speak really well to the audience on your topic. So there's no better way to inform the masses than creating a professional bio that that shines your light. Okay, so on to step five, pick the perfect pictures. You know the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, this step is all about getting visible. Daunting as that feels at first, put yourself out there, do it iteratively, as this step and the other five steps will show you. Be visible, because people are drawn to photos. Don't forget to snap a shot of you in action, on stage, doing a workshop. Don't hide photographs of you enjoying life, shows you're a real person. Do use connections to grab people's attention and show you're the real deal. Do post images with tags and questions to build engagement. Do showcase photos on your blog or social media without guilt. Have you noticed how almost every post on Facebook or LinkedIn has a photo attached? There's a good reason for it. Visual content grabs people's attention and makes them stop, react, and possibly leave a comment on your post. Instagram's all about photos. The more beautiful the settings and the colours, the more people will stop to react to it, thus gaining even more attention for your profile and hopefully gaining more followers. Of course, not everybody wants to be on Instagram. It's not a medium that is right for every business, but the people that use it and use it well when they have a very visual niche then it works super well. The more people who react and comment on your photos and posts, the more social proof you gain, convincing the social media platforms and your followers that you are an important person with great authority. You engage with others and therefore they should show your posts to more and more people. Outside of social media, photos are a way to save precious moments. Did you speak on the same stage with someone with a big following, an influencer maybe? Get a photo with that person, even if it's a group shot, and post to your blog and social media. Are you an image consultant who nabbed front row seats as a New York Fashion Week runway show? Better snap a few photos to showcase on your blog and social sites, which will certainly impress your readers and social followers. If you're not a fan of attending live events, no problem. Snap selfies in your home office, share proofs of your latest photo session, Document your hiking tracks or other outdoor adventures that show your audience how you enjoy spending your free time. Showcase your newest website design with logo and color palette. Invite your favorite pet into a few pictures for immediate engagement. People love seeing pets and children even in photos. Or document your travels to other states or faraway countries. Even though these may not be business-related photos, you're still interacting with your followers and showing them that you're genuine. Plus, those who wisely invest in photo shoots and professionally designed websites and logos are already perceived as experts. These simple snapshots are proof positive that you're serious about your job, about your business, that you have the connections to get into exclusive events, care about serving your audience, and it makes you seem more accessible than just the name behind a website. Anybody can create an online persona in any field or related to any subject. So improve your credibility by sharing these great photos and do so without guilt, without self-consciousness. You're the real deal. So share that with your listeners, your readers, your followers. A great exercise you can do is to organise your existing photos into categories and then brainstorm what type of photos to take share from each category. Create folders wherever you store your online documents and files, Google Drive, OneDrive, Dropbox, iCloud, whichever. And for each event or occasion, create a subfolder and label your files so it's easy to find them later on when you're creating content or for your web pages. For instance, what best shows your audience that you're an expert? How can you portray that graphically? Do you have before or after pictures, a home office makeover, a website redesign, Even an image consultant redo. Are they things you do in your day-to-day living that your audience would find inspiring or interesting to learn about you? Like say when you're out walking the dog, cuddling up on the sofa with your loved ones or pets, cooking a healthy dinner, or celebrating your business success. It's up to you entirely what you share. And this might not be an approach that everyone will want to do, but some personal stuff makes you much more human, much more approachable and real to your audience people build relationships with people, not with businesses. Then when you want to blog or post something on social media or send an email or a press, you can go to this folder system that you've got and pick out a photo or graphical image that suits the topic. Remember to be strategic and intentional in what you share. Each piece of content should be leading to whatever you're promoting at the time. We covered quite a bit on this in my interviews with Anna Parker Naples in episode 12, focusing on how to get visible and with Laura McDougal in episode 28, where we talked about content planning. Right now, step six, and that's to brag a little. Be confident. It shows you walk the talk. Don't hide your light under a bushel. Don't be your industry's best kept secret. Do add social proof and logos to your bio and website by listing media appearances. Do take credit for doing a great job and make your claim for fame. Add more social proof to your professional bio by listing television and radio appearances on your website. Much the same way that photos catch people's attention, showing the logos and or names of television programmes that you've been on or magazines that you've featured in proves that you're an expert and shows other reporters or media hosts that you know how to handle yourself in an interview or panel discussion. No matter how short or how long the segment, if it's work that you're proud of and especially if the name of the show is nationally recognised, take the credit, invite people to view that clip and list it on the media page of your website. Again, it's not for everyone, and I'm certainly not a media starlet. It's not my style. But if you're up for it, the exposure can bring you huge attention and generate new business on a regular basis. I've seen it happen with a lot of our clients and many of my peers. A lot of well-known speakers and authors showcase their appearances very tastefully on the homepage or the about page of their website, usually just below the fold. Of course they mostly go one step further and have professional photo shoots and speaker reels but notice how they showcase their expertise with featured on and media logos and there's no reason any of us can't do the same and make a polished impression. This section is further social proof to any media producer that you are a professional and have experience in speaking, writing or teaching. If you're positioning yourself as an expert and want the media to contact you, make sure you include clear contact information at the top of your website. If it's not clear how to reach you within one minute, producers will just move to the next person on their list. Media producers and editors are often under super tight deadlines, so avoid using only a contact form. Include an up-to-date phone number and make it easy as possible for them to contact you. And here's a boost to you feeling this is worthwhile for yourself. I taught science communication at Warwick University for nine years and we'd have the university's press officer come give a session and he always said something that stuck with me that the press will keep reaching out to experts who make themselves available because it's faster to get the job done than chasing down the big celebrity names. Don't shy away from this exercise because you haven't been featured anywhere big yet. Everyone starts at the bottom. It's up to you to climb your way up and showcase your expertise. This process certainly doesn't happen overnight. Consider each step along the way as baby steps leading to a big interview or speaking engagement. Start now by making a list of where you could feature as a guest speaker, get on a podcast show or local radio or write for a magazine. Editors are always looking for what they call editorials. So it doesn't mean you have to pay to be published. Now, step seven. Uncover your voice. Be bold. Speak to live audiences. Don't sit quietly in the corner waiting for attention. I did that for far too long. And don't think that you've got to book a big gig first time out. Do look for local opportunities in your hometown. Do hone your speaking skills as well as your story. Do add a speaker page and speaker reel to your website. Showcasing your expertise doesn't mean sitting quietly in a corner waiting for someone to ask you a question so you can explain your point of view. Building your credibility and increasing your visibility are ongoing processes that just don't stop. Until you want to retire, that is. One way to get your voice heard is to speak to live audiences. Yes, that may be daunting, but the more practice you get, the easier it'll become. And don't think you need to book a concert hall for your first time out. That likely won't happen but look for local opportunities right on your doorstep. If you're an author, you can schedule a book tour in your state and speak to your readers or share a chapter of your book in a live reading for business networks. Book a town hall style meeting in your community to speak to people about your passion and to answer questions from your audience. Some of it depends on what your niche is, what your industry is, and what you help people with, but pick the thing that works for you. Join a networking group and your maybe your local chamber of commerce and take advantage of speaking opportunities within those groups. Find a local Toastmasters international club where the primary goal is to prepare people for a life of public speaking. As you become more comfortable with these smaller venues, you'll hone your speaking skills as well as your story and you can then search for the larger venues and opportunities. Once you've got that first speaking gig under your belt, no matter how small and local it may be, Add a speaker page to your website. Essentially, this is a web page that's selling you to the event planners who need speakers at their events. Like the media credits we spoke about earlier, adding the speaking venues and events to a separate page, along with contact information, video clips, and topics on which you speak, will build your credibility as an expert, as well as aid events managers and producers. As always, make your speaking page clear on the homepage navigation so organisers don't have to search high and low for the information. Other things that you could conclude on this speaker page are a calendar of upcoming events if you do this regularly, testimonials from audience members or meeting planners, download link to a speaker one sheet that organisers can print. And we're on to step eight, gather testimonials. Be proud, ask for feedback from people who've worked with you. Don't be afraid to ask for a testimonial. Don't only ask clients or customers, include JV partners or event organisers. Do interview your clients on a live meeting to ask for wins. Do remember to ask permission to record and use in your marketing. Do feel free to follow up gently and politely if you don't hear back. Do think of testimonials as product reviews testimonials from those who've worked with you either on a one-to-one basis as a JV partner or an event organizer is more proof that you are a professional expert who can handle themselves under pressure. Think of these testimonials as you would online reviews for a product. The more positive reviews a product receives, the more comfortable you are making that purchase, right? You've seen it on Amazon. The same is true for testimonials. The more rave reviews people give you, the more likely you will get new clients or get booked for another speaking event. These positive reviews are social proof that you delivered what you promised, that your clients experienced tremendous growth and that your message was well received. Never be afraid to ask for a testimonial. Doing this may not be foremost on someone's mind, nor are people prone to write reviews or testimonials without being asked. So ask gently in an email or a private message on social media. Ask for help. You'll be amazed at how willing people are to go that mile for you when they love what you do. So sometimes it is just a matter of just ask. Ask for support. People love to help. And you can follow up maybe after a week or two if you still haven't seen it. How much longer you follow up really depends on the relationship you have with this person. There's a fine line between asking and following up on a testimonial and being annoying or perceived as a pest who won't go away. Block out some time in your schedule to make a list of contacts who you can approach for a testimonial. While you can and certainly should be asking your clients for testimonials on a one-to-one basis, you can also easily automate the process as well. The simple way to automate it is to add a review request email to your autoresponder sequence. Several days after a purchase or after they hire you, we often send a form out just to see how they felt the whole engagement process was. And we do the same midway through an engagement and then at the end. Buyers should also receive a short email asking for a review of your program. Why not add a review or testimonial request to your sales autoresponders? This works well for eBooks or other short format products and can be part of every new product setup. It also works really well for courses and services. Given that we're a evaluation consulting company. Evaluation is a really big part of what we do. I guess it's some of this just comes naturally to us. And so it doesn't feel like you're begging people for testimonials. It's just part of your follow-up and tracking customer experience. And you can actually make it really integrated. So the customer doesn't feel like they're being asked for a review or a testimonial. They're just asking for feedback so you can improve the program. And generally, if you ask it in an appreciative inquiry kind of way, you tend to get the sort of feedback that you want to use in a testimonial. So it works really well. For longer program services, or even one-to-one coaching, you might consider adding an exit interview appointment via Zoom. You'll gather valuable information for improvements to your program or service and be able to record and edit for a testimonial too. You'll have to ask permission to use it, of course. Here's another fabulous way to gather video testimonials. Interview your graduates on a Facebook Live or on a Zoom session. Just spend five minutes at the end of your session and you can showcase them in your groups and on your business page and post the recording on your testimonials page. So, again, you need to ask permission, but these are all things that become very integrated in what you do. So, it doesn't feel like an onerous task. It feels like a normal part of how you run the program. And we are now at step nine engage across channels. Has anyone ever told you there's more to life than business? Well, one of the easiest ways to encourage people to like you, which is the first step towards finding clients, booking speaking engagements, selling your products, and that's to be social. Share parts of your personal life and relate to people. People are obsessed with social media, but sometimes they get caught up in the media part, how their photos look, what graphic editor they should use, which font looks prettier, etc. And that's not what I'm advocating here. Social media is just one channel and maybe you only use one or two. You don't have to be everywhere. Brand positioning for consultants happens across all the channels you use to communicate with your target audience and your clients. Be efficient, automate your engagement mechanisms. Don't avoid engaging with the clients in multiple channels. Just pick one where you can be present consistently. Don't overthink or stress about how your photo or graphics look. Do focus on engaging people on their posts and answering questions. Do look out for opportunities to gather endorsements and share wins. Do decide which platforms play to your strengths so you can be authentic and get the right vibe out. Do pick topics and images that are on message, in service and on brand. Step back for a moment and remember that being social, engaging people on their posts and answering their questions is actually more important than how great your graphic looks. You can post the most gorgeous graphics in the world but if you don't interact with people you're putting out a vibe that you don't care about them and don't want to be bothered. Decide which social media platforms you enjoy using and would be happy spending a little time on each day. Think about what kind of topics you'd feel comfortable to share that are not business related. This makes perfect sense for my business since I'm all about work-life balance. So I want to practice what I preach or teach, right? What makes sense for your business and what you teach or the values and interests across both your business and your life? Let your personality shine through the information or imagery that you share. Ask people questions in your posts If you're trying to decide which book to read or what movie to watch, ask your audience for opinions. Headed out to the country fair? Take some pictures of the amusements, food vendors or concerts. Just because you're growing a business does not mean you don't have fun. Let your followers and your subscribers know that you're just a regular person who's balancing a business with their family time and social lives. Being social in real life situations is also vitally important especially when you're at business functions or networking events. Even if you're with your family at the fair if a follower starts up a conversation engage with them. A quick two-minute conversation will earn you new followers if that person then boasts about how they met you or how gracious you were. If you decide to ignore them that's bad news it'll get circulated around the social media world pretty fast too authenticity is a buzzword that's spoken about quite a bit and it's very important to be authentic in everything you do don't create a fake persona you're not an actress looking to win an oscar you're a business person and a regular person so come across that way honesty and integrity and authenticity will all play a large role in how successful your business becomes it's all brand positioning one note about sharing Sometimes people share too much and it makes for uncomfortable situations. Stick with your common sense and avoid any kind of negativity, religion, politics or other hot button topics that lead to nasty name calling. The same is true for sharing too much of your personal life. Nobody wants to follow or hire someone who's constantly complaining or having dramas. You want to keep your vents off Facebook, off LinkedIn. If religion or politics are your area of expertise, then you already know how to handle yourself in a debate and probably have pretty thick skin from the name calling. Similar concerns arise when sharing family photos or pictures of your kids. Some avoid it at all costs. Others post kids' pictures every single day. Use your best judgment, especially since kid pictures are usually a prime source of engagement on social media. People want to get to know you. Step 10. Here we go, last step, becoming slightly famous. In my book, Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age, I write about becoming distinctly valuable and slightly famous. It's in the final chapter, Your Leverage Business Roadmap, chapter seven. My lessons learned about brand positioning for consultants that I share in the book come from direct experience. In hindsight, it's easy to see that my reputation, value and visibility are what attracted clients and kept me financially afloat rather than any direct selling per se. It finally hit me that standing out as an expert authority on a specific subject and being seen as a service provider to offer something clearly defined and of value is one of the most critical aspects of a leveraged consulting strategy. Be sociable. Encourage people to know you and like you. It's not all about transaction. Don't avoid sharing personal news and what you're up to. Don't try to beautify your photos, graphics or fonts just to be spontaneous. Don't ignore people or be rude just because you're on your downtime. Do interact with your target audience's posts and viewpoints. Do share your wins with excitement, humility and encouragement to others. Do show you're a regular person who's balancing a busy business with family time and a social life showcasing your qualifications does little to persuade prospective clients to buy your services. They expect you to have credentials. The question in a potential client's mind is whether you can help them achieve the specific result they want. In the early days of establishing yourself, you first have to earn the attention of your market as someone who delivers. You can pull people in fast and get them in a funnel with paid advertising. And you'll see tons of sponsors' ads on social media and Google like this but you prove yourself and build trust when you actually help someone make progress, such as one or more of the following. A goal, something that the ideal client absolutely must achieve. An opportunity, what they'd like to do better or faster. A challenge, something that blocks them from achieving goals. When you help someone do something better, the value you deliver takes you from anonymous seller that people ignore to trustworthy teacher your ideal audience wants to hear from. I always love Frank Kern's statement on this. You demonstrate that you can help people by actually helping them. Pretty obvious, huh? So, then there's the 10 steps. Don't forget there's a link to my blog article so you can read this as an article too. The links in the show notes for this episode at jallison.com/podcast. Or if you want to give it out to other people, it's easy. leveragebusinesspodcast.com. Becoming slightly famous It's pretty important for marketing online. As I said earlier, don't be your industry's best kept secret. You don't have to be all over social media or in the press. Even if you just get out a little bit more and become more visible, it starts to position you and your brand in the target market you wish to serve. It's equally important to specialise and become the go-to person for that one thing. Many consultants and coaches just market themselves as generalists That gives you a huge hurdle to convince someone why you and not someone else. When you rise above the parapet and specialise, magic starts to happen. This is the expert value pyramid. However, even when you specialise, you may find you're not yet truly unique. Maybe you're a fitness coach who specialises in nutrition. That's pretty broad. What makes you unique might be who you work with and what their particular desires are. For example, menopausal women who struggle with tiredness and weight loss. For some, this definitely requires a fundamental shift in mindset and the way I approached it is from a place of generosity to put my name out there, embracing the whole notion of sharing is caring rather than secrecy to protect your intellectual property. There are huge dividends to such openness. Thought leadership builds your brand equity. In fact, in the education sector, which is my mainstay sector on the consulting side of my work, openness is good for business. There's been a movement over recent years towards OERs, Open Educational Resources, and MOOCs, Massive Open Online Courses, as a strategy to showcase what they do and drive enrolment and recruitment onto paid programmes and courses. When you add in some thought leadership and promote yourself through education-rich content, you claim expert status in that specific niche area, X, Y, or Z, not X, Y, and Z. With the digital channels at our disposal today, especially video and other social media, you can quickly start to attract a following and gain meaningful celebrity status in your field. This heightens your perceived value and desirability in your prospect's eyes. There's quite a bit more on this in chapter seven of my book, as this positioning becomes the cornerstone of attracting business to you, particularly in the online arena. I'll end on a quote I included in that chapter. It's from Dori Clark, who's made a career out of showcasing her expertise for brand positioning. In one of her books, I think it's standout. She says, if you're willing to expend the effort to create well-crafted content, you'll distinguish yourself in a crowded marketplace, where many people are serving up tasty morsels and you're taking the time to create something of substance. Powerful words. Until the next time, ciao, ciao from me. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.